Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 11 of season five. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Weggs for Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter at Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So, Action, how, how was your weekend? I mean, you're you're wearing your Colts gear. I thought you might have got hired for the coaching staff. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> uh, it's a new era in Indianapolis as Colts fans. Mm-hmm. And i um, been rocking this shirt the last couple of days just to show my pride. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get Victor Wimbanyana in the draft. I think we could be tanking. Oh, that's the wrong sport. Never mind. I guess we're going after a football player. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> weekend was good. He could be good. Yeah, yeah. He probably would be, actually. But, uh, yeah, the weekend was good. Uh, Despite the Colts' loss, I think we all predicted that. We did, obviously, with our pick in the contest. Mm-hmm. And uh, hanging around town, we got some yard work done. Uh, finally, I think we're ready for the winter season and had dinner with friends on Saturday night. It was a solid weekend. How about you? Nice. I wasn't out too late on Friday, but I did go out. That was fun. And then Saturday, the most important thing, Shockers! Shockers champion! Shocked the man. world. Two championships, dude. I can't believe this. This is weird. I I don't know what world I'm living in. Somebody wake me up. But I think it was my 19th uh, flag football season in Lincoln Park South Fields to get this victory. Uh, we destroyed them. It was, I think, 40 to nothing or something. We It was kind of like, you know, the 49ers against the Rams. They just, we just owned this team for some reason. And it wasn't close. They didn't. I think they got one first down of the game action. We played that well on defense. And... Just got rolled on offense. It was a little windy. didn't matter. And then post-game festivities, baby. We had Rinaldi's. Then we went to, I don't know if you're familiar with River Shannon, which is a yeah. kind of a, a, a local Lincoln Park haunt. And then, you know, Jimmy Zaronis, as you you know him, he, he's been on the team not as long as me, but probably the second, second tenured guy. He determined to go out that night. So we were out to like about five-ish, <laughs> and he got a hotel. I think he paid like 300 50 bucks to stay in the hotel link. And I'm like, dude, just crash in my place. No, no, no. Okay. And uh, we met him out, uh, me and Ridgeway and a couple other people met him out. The time he got out there at like the Easy Bar, which, you know, I had the dating event years ago at Division, had a nice evening. Nothing crazy. Probably out till 12 1. But, as you know, a solid 12 ish hours of drinking. Nice. Jimmy Black just got to get back in shape. That's what I was saying before the podcast started. I need to. I went back to Spartan ways, man, working out, eating good, because, man, that, that, that alcohol weight will come, catch up quick. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I missed all of the celebrations. It sounded like you guys had a good time on Saturday. Yeah, there's going to be a postseason party. I know you said you might, may or may not come to town. We're going to have a postseason party at Rainmaker's house, Zach Suter, uh, on the 19th. That's a cool. week from Saturday. Uh, so we'll just have a little... Little festivities in the afternoon. Maybe go to a local establishment after that. So you know the party continues. I mean, it's, we don't get a Stanley Cup. We get a T-shirt. You know, it's not quite the same. But the most important thing, uh, champs, champs. Baby. And that's the first football championship, right? That's right. Wow. That's right. First, first softball championship there this year. First football championship. Nice. So I think what we need to follow up is the first side action championship in the in the circuit. Conference. I like where your head's at. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, week nine in the NFL. Uh, was not our championship run, but we've got a round into form here in the last, I guess it's I guess it's the halfway point technically mm-hmm. in the season, right? Yep. Um, you know, let's go over news and notes first. We kind of alluded to this already that the Colts fired Frank Reich, the head man. He had already fired his offensive coordinator and instead turned to a capable Gus Bradley who runs the defense. He's still around. Or maybe even a John Fox who's, you know, a little ancient now. Let's pull a guy out of the ESPN booth who's never coached in the NFL in any in any capacity. Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts, actually. No brainer. I mean, uh, Jeff Saturday is the man for the job. He obviously played center, so yeah, he's a football guy. 
but uh, you know, I alluded to it at the open. I think that this is pretty clearly a, a sabotage by owner Jim Irsay. They he's tired of this quarterback carousel, and I think that he's looking for a high draft pick to get a new quarterback in town. I mean, he w- did go what three and seven at Hebron Christian in his last high school coaching gig. So <laughs> we got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, sorry about that, but you're right. Kind of interesting. We were really high. I was high on the Colts. You know, beginning of the season and yeah. for some reason fell apart. Not really sure. I don't think it was just quarterback play. It just seemed like not as much motivation. A lot of players were injured this year and you don't Started. know what that's about. But kind of interesting because you think about where we were a year ago. This team was on the rise looking like they'd be, first of all, looking like they could win the division and be a really top team in the AFC. And then they kind of sputtered down the stretch. I think they lost the last two or three games. And missed the playoffs, and then this year just, man, off the rails. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Ballard, the GM, has taken a totally different approach by investing in positions that normally you wouldn't see as high value in the NFL, like guards and running backs, et cetera. And that is really coming back to haunt him now because there's no playmakers on the outside. And the quarterback carousel obviously has not worked out the last two seasons. So. Right, for sure, for sure. On the injury front, we kind of had a big one, and we'll see his status, but we have uh, Josh Allen for Buffalo. Kind of with the second or last play, his kind of arm got bent back weird, so he hurt his, I think it's the, was the UCL or something like that. It's a, it's an elbow ligament, the ulnar ligament in his elbow. He's getting evaluated, but he's still listed as questionable. So some people think he's going to play. I think Keenum's going to play, but... They're leaving it cloudy whether he's going to be in the game or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've seen the line move appropriately. You know, we touched on here earlier as in the pre-show notes that uh, the line moves have been crazy this week, and this is one of those games due to Josh Allen's questionable status. For sure. Um, Green Bay is also not, you know, not only did they lose last week, which we might, may or may not have mentioned here in the uh, coming forward, but they lose players. They Rashawn Gary towards ACL. He's their best pass rusher. He's out for the year now. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, the ankle uh, for the rookie receiver, is out. It's just a weird year for Green Bay. Um, it's kind of hitting the wall. They've been a, kind of at the pinnacle, almost there the last few seasons, and it just seems like they're, you know, taking a step back. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they look awful offensively, especially. They just can't do anything moving the ball, and it's clear that Aaron Rodgers is uh, not pleased about it. Um, so then, uh, I, I noted a couple of injuries, Well, one was injury for San Francisco that just happened this week at practice, which kind of sucks. And then one coming back. So Jason Barrett, the cornerback tore his Achilles, he's out for the year. Um, but, and they were getting guys back. So it's a shame that this guy couldn't stay on the field. And then Elijah Mitchell, the running back is coming back. I don't know if he's actually play this week, but his, uh, he's off, you know, kind of like the, the I guess the. IR to return this week um, with his MCL injury. So he kind of steps in as Jeff Wilson left from uh, Miami and ready to go for San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, he was electric last year, so I'm excited to see him get back on the field for the Niners. This one popped up, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford in the concussion protocol. Now, I'm a little confused. Did he get a concussion in the game or was this in practice? I read that uh, the injury happened during the game, but he didn't actually start feeling the symptoms until Monday. So kind of a delayed concussion, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, a little little suspect. So we've seen that line too. And then our proxy, you know, we've already had some texts with the proxy this week trying to talk him off the ledge. They, they haven't had a great year to the Raiders, um, but he's not going to be happy about this. Hunter Renfro put on IR as well as Darren Waller. So third Renfro doesn't exist for our, our proxy. Yeah. Well, I think uh, if there's anything that can cure a football team's woes, it's the Indianapolis Colts coming to town. So they got that going for them. That's true. Well, let's review some of the picks and games. And it was funny because we didn't do great in the contest, but some of our sides were actually pretty solid as we, we if you played the back. We'll start with the win. Uh, we already mentioned already New England. Was, were big winners over the Colts and kind of sent Frank Reich packing. They were five-and-a-half-point favorites in this one at home. They ended up winning 26 if the game was close. Um, you know, I don't even know if there's much else to say except that the uh, your guy Ellinger is not a pro quarterback. No, no, not at all. And uh, I'd be curious to hear if 
the hiring of Jeff Saturday was a commitment to keep Ellinger under center uh, <laughs> to aid in the tank job because uh, he just can't do anything offensively. I think they had like one first down or maybe zero third down conversions or something like that. And right. uh, three points on the board. I think that under team total was a lock. Yeah, I think you said it was like 17. So you yeah. won. Rocking chair. Uh, let's talk about the pushes first. It was a tough one. Um, and this is both in Circa. So Atlanta, Atlanta actually closes a two and a half point dog at home, I believe, against the Chargers. They were the right side the whole way action. In the contest, it was three. We took them. We felt good about that. They were up pretty much the whole game. And then the yeah. Chargers kind of got got in. I mean, they ended up getting a win outright uh, you know, with this weird play where they, they fumble the ball and then Atlanta recovers it, but then they fumble it right back. And then the Chargers basically get the game-winning field goal if you took the closing number. For us, it was a push in the contest. And the score all all week was 20 to 17. So they win 20 to 17. The Chargers do. We get the push in the contest. But if you took Atlanta two and a half, you lost. Yeah, it was a back and forth game, and Austin Eckler and Herbert got a little connection going late to move mm-hmm. the ball. And then the Falcons had a chance with the fumble recovery late, and the defensive lineman was running back. It looked like he was going to score, and then he got stripped, which allowed <laughs> the Chargers to get back into field goal range at the end and win the game. So that was disappointing for sure. Yeah, it's a tough one. The other push uh, of no, well, there's another one actually I won't talk about in the Tampa game, but another push of note in the contest was Washington. Uh, they were they were hosting um, Minnesota. We were all over Washington this game, thinking Minnesota was overrated, and I think we were right. I mean, it was they were up 17 to seven in the fourth quarter, but they did get a they, you know Minnesota got a field goal on the board to cut it to seven, and then Heineke did have a bad interception that led to the tying score, but more importantly. There was still a chance that, you know, Minnesota's driving for the game-winning field goal with about two minutes to go. They kicked the field goal, unnecessary roughness, which makes them get basically first and goal, and they can run off the clock and win the game 20-17. to 17. Again, a push in the contest for us, and I think that was the closing number around town for the most part, and Minnesota wins miraculously 20-17. to 17. Yeah, a tough push for us in this one, too. I felt like the commanders were the right side throughout, and that late interception doomed us. Yeah, for sure. One game that wasn't uh, on our card, we discussed it quite a bit, was the Jags. The Jags were two-and-a-half-point favorites in the contest. I think it closed, was it one-and-a-half closing, something like that, um, where the Raiders came into town and were favored. And at first I thought, man, I'm glad we we stepped away from this game because we were going to take the Jags. Raiders go up 17 and nothing. They're moving the ball at will on, on the Jacksonville. And then somehow, I don't know what to say, I, their defense – Stop playing the offense, just stone cold stopped. They end up losing the game outright. The Raiders do 27 to 20. So it's an easy cover for the Jags. And this is the third time in the season that the Raiders have blown a 17 point lead or more. It ties an NFL record. I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty bad defense, huh? 32nd ranked and DVOA now. And they just didn't show up in the second half. They let the Jags back into the game. Very disappointing loss. Yeah. On our card, uh, we did have a, a loss here when we had we had a couple losses, but this one, you know, hurt Buffalo. I don't know. Maybe I should have stuck to the index pick. You know, it was all over the Jets, but Buffalo was a 12-and-a-half-point favorite in the contest. This this line got all the way down to 10-and-a-half, so maybe you saw that money pouring on the Jets. I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to figure out, but the Jets were able to stay keep the game close. They were able to run the ball a little bit against the Bills' defense, which has been pretty good. And more importantly, the Bills don't have a running game anymore. It's really weird. Uh, all they've got is Josh Allen running the ball. They were leading in this game, but then end up, you know, basically down and having to score and, and give themselves a chance and and give it to the Jets. And I mean, obviously Wilson wasn't great, but they win the game. Let's stop here. The score before action, twenty to seventeen over the Bills. Yeah, four twenty to seventeen score lines in that opening window on Sunday. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, yeah, you got to give the uh, the Jets defense some credit. I think that was one question mark that we had handicapping this game. If they showed up, they were going to be in it, and they certainly did in spades. The turnovers by Josh Allen certainly didn't help, but you got to say that the Jets forced them into the, those turnovers. 
And I believe you already had this ticket, but uh, I think the Jets just hit their win total for the yeah. year, right? Wasn't it five and a half? So yeah, first team to cash. Six and three. There you go, cashing tickets. A couple of games we weren't on, but uh, Green Bay went to Detroit. You were you were on this pick when on the podcast. Green Bay was a five and a half point favorite on the road against the Lions. I don't know. I mean, at some point, I just thought Green Bay was going to get right, and I guess we just can't have that vision, or I can't have that vision. Green Bay was terrible. Um, Rodgers had three turnovers inside the inside the 20, three interceptions, and you know, I don't know if he was just nonchalant about it or maybe his thumb was bothering him, but in the end, the Lions, in a crazy score, win 15-9, to nine. I mean, under Underville. Uh, and more importantly, as we discussed, Green Bay is – they're way down in, in the division, and they're probably more – I don't even know if their odds to make the playoffs are probably, you know, much longer than we thought. Yeah, yeah they've got to be now 3-6. and six. And mm-hmm. uh, this scoreline in terms of the Lions' defense holding down that Green Bay Packers' offense is certainly very surprising. Um, but when you look at it again, I mean, the Packers' offense has been underwhelming the last several weeks, and so maybe yes. it isn't all that surprising that they couldn't put up points against that Lions' D. Right, for sure. Uh, this one I had to put on here mainly for Justin Fields, but uh, the Bears faced. I actually got to watch the game with some friends, um, just at a at somebody's house with some other people went to the game. The Bears hosted the uh, the Dolphins. We said this was going to be an over game, and, and oh boy, it was action. Yeah. Uh, the Bears closed as a four point dog in this one, and I like that too because apparently Justin Fields is I don't know he's like the second coming of Michael Vick and. You know, Lamar Jackson or something. He rushed for 178 yards. Uh, you know, breaking the single season or single game rushing record. In this one, the Bears end up losing again, but they still put up 32 points. They lose 35-32. I do think Miami had their chances to cover this game, but mm-hmm. in the end, uh, you know, 67 points on a 46 total. You've got to, as you said last week, the Bears are an overbet. Yeah. And that single game rushing record is that for the Bears quarterback or national, oh, NFL quarterbacks? Wow. For a quarterback. Wow. Quarterback. That's impressive. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I'm surprised that Vic or one of those guys didn't put up those kind of numbers before. He broke Vic's record. I think Vic's record must have been 175, 177, something wow. like that. Cool. Yeah, awesome game to watch. Certainly much more exciting than uh, the Patriots Colts on the Red Zone Channel. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They were always and the thing I will say that. You know, and I'm not even talking about Miami. I mean, Tua, I think he had the first half he did have an incompletion. I mean, it was just a joke. The Bears' defense so bad right now. Yeah. It's just everybody's running open. So we'll talk a little bit about that handicap. Definitely an all-the-time all over team, no doubt about it. <laughs> exactly. So now you got the Chiefs. Uh, you know, we had the Chiefs on our card. They were 11.5-point favorites at home against the Titans. You had Malik Willis starting for the Titans. Doesn't matter. Mike Grable's a great coach, and this kind of defies the Andy Reid off the bye uh, angle that we talked about last week. In this one, I mean Tennessee was was whooping them. I mean it was what 17 to 10 or something, uh, maybe even worse at one point, or 17 to 9 I think. It was just a weird game. Kansas City goes down, scores the first two trips down the field, and then they just stopped. And Tennessee's defense has to be given some credit here. But guess what the score of this one was, Action, as Kansas City wins the game? 20-17. to 17, <laughs> right? So it was just a weird year, a weird week where everybody's scoring the same thing. But what do you think happened this game? It just was, uh, you know, Vrabel's defense and the will to win? I mean, Henry had a great game, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Henry was great. The I think the Titans' game plan to come right out of the box and throw on them on that first drive just completely caught the Chiefs off guard. I think the first play from scrimmage was a 40-yard completion that Willis threw, which was probably like one of his four completions in the box score, if I remember correctly. Five, excuse me. So, I mean, and then after that, they got Henry going a little bit, and they got those two touchdowns, and that kind of set the tone for the game. And then defensively, they were really keeping the Chiefs in check. I think that was probably the most surprising and uh, eye-popping thing in the game is that the Titans were able to shut down the Chiefs offensively so well. And I think Kansas City missed a couple of field goals. I mean, yeah. Buck was hurt early in the year. Maybe he's not 100%. He used to be automatic, so keep that in mind. But, yeah, they don't cover that 11 and a half. And I mean, this end up doing something not so great. The box <laughs> score just defies logic. One for 11 yeah. on third down. Um, the yards per play net was 
negative uh, 0.7 again for the Titans, just right in line with their season-long metrics. It's just like inexplicable that the Chiefs didn't cover this game and looking at the box score. And that's been that's the mo for the Titans all year. It just it doesn't make sense. The metrics don't help us here. You just gotta I don't know weird. Yep. So overall this week, I mean, the dogs actually didn't win this week for once. Uh, it was five, six, and get this two, at least the way I graded them. So uh, favorites were six, five, and two. So you have those two pushes, which is weird. Tons of unders this week, though, nine and four dominating. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have numbers for the season, so you know unders are dominating for the year. But this is the week, man. It jumped back up five of the 13 games. You know, the favorites uh, that did win did not cover because of these pushes and stuff. So it was a really unique week. That's actually the second week we've had this year with five games. So it bumps it back up over, you know, 16.4%. Yeah, and you had all those games falling on the three, which I think was very damaging to the books because in those cases, a lot of times they toggle back between two and a half and three. And, of course, you got tons of guys on one side laying the two and a half and then a ton of them taking three on the dog side. And when it lands three, that's bad news for the books. Right, right. And, and I mean, I do think they probably did okay with the teasers uh, because certain teams like the, the Bills and uh, Packers and Chiefs didn't really get there, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway... And me included. I finally played a teaser. Like, oh, I'm going to go back to my old ways, the teasers. Loser, loser. You know? <laughs> yeah. I've kind of written off teasers here the last couple of weeks. They have, The long standard teasers have not fared well this season. Right. Okay, let's jump into Week 10 action. We've got um, four teams on by, the Bengals, Jets, Patriots, and Ravens. I noted they were all winners last week. Um, you know, going to those buys, those teams play a little better. Uh, so let's go into this week. We've got the game that's ha- happening momentarily. You got the Falcons against the Panthers. Kind of a who cares game, but the Panthers, you know, or, sorry, the Falcons are still in the mix for the division. They're still leading the division, I believe, even though it's crazy weird uh, the way that division works out. Atlanta Open is a three-point favorite on the road, uh, 43-point total. It's really two and a half now in the contest with the Falcons at 42 and a half. It's a little late, but people are listening probably in like an hour. Uh, <laughs> any minutes. angles for this game that you, that you were looking at? Not really. Uh, I mean, uh, the Panthers obviously let that victory slip through their fingers with the DJ Moore penalty last time out nice. in Atlanta. And so they certainly have some revenge on their mind. But I, I'm staying away from this game. I played a little bit on the under, just looking at that weather that was coming in, the tropical storm hitting mm-hmm. and probably providing some rain there in Carolina tonight, but that's all I got. Yeah, and last week, you know, Carolina just laid a, laid a dud. P, you know, P.J. Walker was awful in Cincinnati. No doubt. Sorry, I'm going to Cincinnati pick last week, actually. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we've got a game in Munich, Germany this, this week. Uh, kind of unique. I don't think they've been in Germany since, I don't know, the Frankfurt, whatever they were in the, the World World Football yeah. League or whatever the hell um, so Seattle goes, well, Seattle and Tampa go to Munich. Interesting line here. Tampa, Tampa's open as a two-point favorite. They're three points in the contest. 44-point total open at a 44-and-a-half. I don't know. you got to explain this to me, to me man. I, Tampa's not their team on paper, and I know that Seattle has been the, the glorious underdog all season, but they're playing well. Um, do you think that there's some validity to Tampa being – not just the favorite. I mean, they're laying the full three. I, I, I'm a little confused by it. I could see maybe a one or or something like that. But what are your numbers telling me? Yeah, I mean, my power ratings make Seattle very short favorite, minus half a point right. on neutral, yep. which this is in, in uh, Munich. And uh, it's tough because I I I believe that there may be a little bit of uh, uh, like. A bias here to Tampa Bay and maybe play a little conspiracy theory here but this is like a standalone game first time in Germany sure. and I think that betters are probably having a gut feel that the NFL is uh, gonna prefer to see Tom Brady win this game for the numbers so right. that kind of gives me some hesitation I would never suggest that the, the league would do anything like that but right. I think that when it comes down to it the stripes are gonna shade to Tampa Bay on Sunday because they want the Bucks and Tom Brady to show well uh, in Munich. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. I 
I do think a couple of things we talk about in some of these games, Seattle, from what I understand, left directly from Arizona, go straight to Munich. So they've been there for almost all week. So they're going to adjust pretty quickly uh, or at least have the time change differences. I don't know. I mean, we don't have to put in a contest, but it's definitely a, an index pick that Seattle's the pick here. You know, like you said, it's value to Seattle in this one, you know, at least three points, three and a half or so. So. I think we can uh, – well, let's color it yellow. I mean, I'm right there. Um, I agree that Seattle, especially the way that Geno Smith has been playing lately, um, should be capable of moving the ball against this defense. And then you still have a Tampa Bay offense that has not been playing well recently. So Yeah, and on the flip, Seattle's defense is going up the metrics. The young defense is yeah. playing better every week. They really no you know, got after uh, Kyler Murray last week. You got to figure they're going to get after Tom Brady, and he's a statue. So, and they're not running the ball. I think they're supposed to turn to Rashad White more uh, than Leonard Fournette in this one. Maybe electric game and surprises people, but you know, we'll see. The young uh, back, you know, Kenneth Walker has been really great for Seattle. Yeah, definitely. Okay, here's here's an interesting one. Another one to debate. Um, Denver comes off their bye. They're playing the Titans, as we discussed. The Titans are red hot. They can't lose despite the metrics. Uh, they lost last week anyway, but I mean, it was right in the game. So Tennessee opened as a three-point favorite at home. Now they're two and a half in the contest. The total went from 30 to 36 and a half. I don't know, action. Uh, it's tough. I don't like the Broncos. We've talked all season how their coach sucks and Wilson, whatever. They did play a little better in London. Coming off a bye, they're the better team in the metrics. I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to not take the points in this one, but then you're going against Vrabel in the game. I know it's tough right now. It seems because I like you want to line up and bet against Tennessee again, mm-hmm. just looking at their numbers. But we touched on it in the recap from last week. This team just seems to have the luck and game planning on their side. And I think I really do think it comes down to Vrabel in a lot of cases too, because much like his mentor, Bill Belichick, right. he knows what his team is capable of. And they have a game plan every week that he knows is going to keep them in the game. Right. They're never going to go out and shoot their load and get crushed. Um, Do we know so, if uh, Tannehill's playing this week, or is it going to be Malik? <clears throat> I, uh, when he first got hurt, I think it was pretty well suggested that it was going to be a four- to six-week injury. Okay. And so I think this is week three yeah. now, or th- maybe like three and a half weeks <laughs> since the injury. So mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised to see him out there. But, um, you know, the market suggested last week that there was some chance that Tannehill could play because when – he got announced out. You saw it move like an additional two points up to 14. Right. So if you almost played last week, you have to figure that he's closer this week. Now for the Denver backers, how much do you think of a downgrade the defense gets with Chubb being on Miami now? It's a good question. Probably, uh, I mean, you have to assign at least half a point mm-hmm. to losing him. I don't know that a defensive end could be uh, a full point in terms of value. But um, you, you do got to figure that it's going to take a little bit more morale out of the defense, too. Mm-hmm. So they are coming off the bye, though. Yeah. Recall they, they played in London two weeks ago, so they definitely have a rest advantage here. Um, defensively, I think they're still going to be able – I mean, it's Tennessee's offense, so not much competition there. I like the under in this game. Mm-hmm. If anything, I did bet under 39. Yeah. I think it's going to be a hard time for these two offenses to score. Okay, so just stay away on the side but take the under. I think so, yeah. I mean, you could have had me interested at three with the Broncos, but two and a half is tough. I know this is a bad game to do it, but I would like the teaser here, action. You know, tease the Broncos up, right? A tease For the sure. up and go under. I mean, this is this is what you should do. But anyway, I'm sure they'll lose, you know, 17 to nothing or something like that. <laughs> All right, let's go with the another interesting game, the Vikings going to Buffalo. Um, Buffalo Open is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, that's with, you know, Josh Allen in tow, 46-point total. It's down to 3.5 in the contest, 43.5-point total. So this is really interesting action. I mean, when you look at this, the market is 3.5 right now. Of course, it's assuming basically that Josh Allen's missing the game, right? I mean, so there there are no concrete reports he's going to play or not. Keenum's, I mean, he's a pro quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but is this too far of a I mean, four four points? I mean, this is supposed to be a good football team. Yeah, 
And, um, I mean, you got to figure if Keenum's under center, they're going to look to run the ball a little bit more. They got a new toy in the backfield, Naheem Hines. Yeah. Uh, Keenum probably is going to look to dump off some short passes to him and, and, uh, the other backs in the backfield. So you may not necessarily have the same offensive capabilities, but I think they're, I mean, they're still a great offense. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, the Bills defense, I think, is going to have an edge against that Vikings attack similarly. So I would consider the Buffalo Bills here. You probably get a nice discount here right. when you look at that. I, I'm kind of with you that I don't think Allen to Keenum is that much of a downgrade specific to this opponent. Right. Well, I look at it this way. The Bills, you know, just kind of bigger picture. The Bills, you know, got beat by the Jets. I mean, it was a tough game. It was a physical game. They obviously have to come home and lick their wounds. They're going to want to bounce back. I don't care who's a quarterback. That defense yeah. is going to play better. And the Vikings, they've been living dangerously, man. They've been coming back in the fourth quarter every single week when they, they're they 7-1. and one. But I don't know. I just think that there's a coaching advantage and I think ultimately a talent advantage besides the quarterback being out. I'd be on the Bills, man. I mean, it's three and a half. I, I just think it's value, like you said. Yeah, I like that too. And I, I'm also very keen on going against the Vikings as much as possible too because I think they're overrated. And then obviously, I mean, I don't. in some ways I kind of want Allen to just get healthy and, and whatever. But if he does play, assuming he can actually play, then this is a really sweetheart play for us. I mean, then the line yeah. goes back up and we've got a great number. So. I do think, though, one way or another, we'll get some news on his status uh, prior to Saturday. So we'll be able to pivot one way uh, or another. But the problem is, if he is ruled in, obviously everyone's going to take the bills. Yeah, so. yeah I know. So. Okay, so Brown's going to the Dolphins. Um, Dolphins open as a three-and-a-half point favorite. 49-point total. It's really the same. Three-and-a-half right now. 48-and-a-half point total. The Browns coming off their bye. Obviously, they destroyed the Bengals. Went before the bye, they went to their bye strong. You know, interesting line action. I, I don't – the Dolphins, you know, they were unimpressed against the Bears. Let's, let's start there. Mm-hmm. You know, all these additions and everything, maybe it just takes some time. Tua has played well. You can tell me how good the, the Browns secondary is because obviously Tyreek Hill's leading. I forgot to say, he's like the fastest receiver to, you know, 1,000 yards or 1,100 yards in NFL history. But <laughs> it's got to be value in the Browns here, right? I mean, three and a half – they can run the ball. Dolphins just gave up tons of yards, you know, to a team. I, I like the Browns here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the look ahead on this game was like five and a half, I think, mm-hmm. preseason, and then last week, and now coming into uh, week ten here, you're seeing it open at three and a half, and basically stuck there all week. So I'm kind of yeah. wondering what changed to move this number two points. Right. Um, was it the somewhat poor display non-cover against the bears last week perhaps i mean the the bears did run all over them and despite Mm -hmm. the dvoa metrics suggesting that miami's Mm -hmm. run defense is seventh ranked that gives Mm -hmm. me some hesitation going up against the number two ranked rushing attack of the browns right do you think that the browns defense is going to be able to stop this prolific pass offense though well um i think it's and I don't know. The Browns have been very inconsistent this year. If the pass rush gets after him, yeah. I think that Tua, he's not mobile and, you know, obviously doesn't have a big arm. You see it every week. He throws up those long bombs that are short, mm-hmm. and he gets either pass interferences or great plays by his receivers. I, I don't think he's all that great. Um, now, granted, they're going to be playing in Miami, which is a home field advantage because of the heat and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, three and a half, I – just the back door's wide open there. Here's a question for you. I mean, it's not something that's going to be solved today, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's coming back next week, isn't he? Mm, that's a good question. Was it 10-week suspension? Something like that. I think that he has to be, because they have the bye, I think it's a 10-game suspension. Mm-hmm. So I think he has to sit this game out. Man, maybe, maybe it's week 12. I was thinking that maybe they, you know, get all fired up because he's coming back and, you know, it's just kind of a narrative explanation. But at some point, and I think that Brissett's been okay. They're, they're in the mix, but they will turn to Watson. And I mean, it's, it's kind of an important game in the AFC is what I'm getting at. Yeah, definitely a big game between these two teams. I don't know. It's tough for me because I really like the Dolphins and I like yeah. betting on them. 
Three and a half is a tough number, though. I certainly would rather lay three, obviously. Well, let's, let's stay away in the contest. Make it simple. You okay. know, we can talk about your great pick next week when the Dolphins win big. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the Bears are hosting the Lions. Uh, Bears open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite up to three. Total went from 49 to 48-and-a-half. We know where you are on the total. That's simple. Um, interesting that the Bears, you know, it, it extended to three. I mean – are they that great? They're good on offense. Their defense sucks. So uh, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this one, but I don't know if I can back the Lions, dude. I, I, I mean, I know you love the Lions. You got your Lions shirt under your Colts right now. Yeah, right. And the two and a half, I was all over the Bears. I'm like, this is perfect. Take the Bears. But I, yeah. I can't take the Bears. I think this number is actually perfect. I've got Chicago minus one on a neutral. Right. But I don't think the Bears should be laying points really to anyone. I think that number, when you see a three up there, just kind of jumps out at you because the Chicago team is not one that should be laying. No, so. I, I agree with you. I mean, disagreeing. I think it's, it's you know, everybody, the field's adventure. But, you know, so I'm happy to stay away. I just can't really get on board with the lines either. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, look, the offense is going to move the ball, but Jared Goff isn't great in any kind of weather under, like, 45 degrees. And I think it's supposed to be 40, right? True. Yeah, there is a Goff outside factor in this one. But I'm it's, with you. I, I think it's a pass. Slippery hands. <laughs> Let's pass. Okay. All right, here we go. Saints at the Steelers. Uh, Saints open as a three-point favorite, 42-point total, and it's at a one-and-a-half in the contest, 40-point total. So what happened in this line? I didn't really get to pick up why this happened. I, I was on the Saints early, and I'm like, one and a half. Hmm, something happened here. So is there an injury I need to know about? Uh, I think it's mostly due to T.J. Watt coming back Okay. into the lineup. There you go. Probably the best defensive player in the league. And if you're talking about any defensive lineman worth a, a point or more, it's got to be him. Okay. So I suspect that is the reason for this move down to one and a half. Because, I mean, we saw it in week one. He actually personally wreaked havoc on the Bengals and Joe Burrow. And I think he's definitely capable of doing that against Andy Dalton. Okay. There you go. So are you on the Steelers now? I like the Steelers. Yeah, I think uh, a home dog, home underdog here, one and a half points. And I really do think that TJ Watt is that much of a game changer. And so I think him alone shows some value on the Steelers. Yeah, I agree with you then. I didn't know it was TJ, and that's great for him because I do like him as a player. Uh, he's a huge difference maker. I've not been impressed with Dalton. You know, obviously they got, I don't know, the game wasn't even close on, on Monday night. Uh, yeah. we, we thought that maybe the Saints at home angle, forget that. Their defense was unimpressive too. Mm-hmm. So the Steelers with the bye week should be a little bit better on offense and more importantly, better on defense. Let's do it, Steelers. I like it. Okay, here we go. The Texans going to the Giants. Uh, Giants open as a six and a half point favorite at home. Thirty-eight point total. Another one down to four and a half in this one with a forty-one point total. So it went up on the total, but down in the spread. What's the news? Two points there. Pretty big movement. I mean, is Daniel Jones not playing? Is Saquon Barkley not playing? I mean, what's going on? I'm not aware of any news in this game. I think it's just. I mean, I, I read that Adam Chernoff gave out this pick at Houston the other day, and then I don't know if he's getting his information from other groups or what, but like within 10 minutes, this line went from six and a half to four and a half on Wednesday morning. So that is really weird. I, I don't. The Giants have to buy. Dable's clearly, I mean, love well, he's had a decent year against the spread, I guess, but I've got to think that Dable's got his troops ready to go. They can make the playoffs here. I mean, they're going to yeah. win this football game. So I, maybe it's just too big of a number. I I think that's it. It's just a matter of the Giants playing almost a touchdown now. Well, earlier, almost a touchdown, whereas they haven't been this big of a favorite in probably two seasons plus. So okay. I mean, you're getting almost a touchdown here. It's pretty low total. Um, I mean, how many half, is Saquon Barkley going to have? 250? I mean, he's yeah. going to break the all-time single-game record here. Yeah, the Texans' run defense is last. So, And I also heard that Damian Pierce, the rookie running back for the Texans, is questionable, too. So you have a downgrade there. Maybe we do look at the Giants here. I mean, this is a, a number. Is, it's certainly not 6.5 anymore. 4.5 right. is a little more palatable. 
I think we consider it. I especially a turn off, and I'm not saying turn off doesn't always do it. I'm sure she's making money more than yeah. Me. So, but I, I I'm curious why I have to listen. I, I probably should go was on follow the money on Monday or something or Tuesday. Uh, I'm not sure. I I have I have not found time for follow the money recently. Yeah. So <laughs> I usually listen to those guys. So I didn't listen. He usually does come on. Maybe I'll I'll try to listen to tomorrow when I'm off. And yeah, I think he comes. I think he comes on Thursdays this year. So come in this morning. Okay, we'll figure it out. But I especially if it's contrarian, we need that. Yeah. Here. All right. The last of the four o'clock window, we got the Jags against the Chiefs. So this is uh you know at the Chiefs. You know they didn't play great. On, you know, on Sunday, you know, so let's see if they can bounce back. But they open up as a nine and a half point favorite at home, 50 point total. It's up to 50 and a half for the total, but the uh, the spread is the same. I don't know, dude. I The Jags are such a weird team. They played so good early in the year. They obviously ran into a crappy team last week and came back. The Chiefs, the, the idea here is the Chiefs are going to come for blood and destroy this team. But mm-hmm. this number is too big for me to, to back the Chiefs, bro. I, I the metrics don't say that it's a good number, so I'm happy to pass. I don't know. I'm not going to advocate 100% for the Jags, but it's definitely a big number for uh, Casey. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's right on. I make it seven and a half, add two for home, gets you to nine and a half right away. So I think the number is spot on, and I would, am hesitant to go after and back these big favorites again. We got burned twice last weekend and uh, the week before. One of them dropped a cover as well. So um, on the other side, I'm not sure that I could get behind Jacksonville either. Maybe play it another wait and see and see uh, what happens if Jacksonville continues playing well. They could compete for that division title. It's interesting. This is where DVOA and, and my metrics are different. I, mean, I do have this like a four or five point game. It's it's even on the, on the yeah, it's not that the Jags are great. Um, it's just the Chiefs. Especially the last couple of weeks, they're not holding numbers. They're not scoring the last couple yeah. of weeks, which is weird. Um, but we'll see. Maybe they, let's stay away. Happy to stay okay. away. All right, here we go. This is your you, you against the proxy, the Colts against the Raiders um, in the four o'clock window. Raiders open as a robust six point favorite at home, forty two point total. They're up to six and a half now, forty two and a half point total. No Renfro, no no Waller. Does it matter? I mean, I just the Colts can't score, so. It's really how many points are the Raiders going to score? I'm happy to stay away from this garbage game, but what's your take on that one? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I uh, I laid four, four and a half with the Raiders okay. right on open on Sunday. So, um, you know, I, I took that position just knowing that the, the number was going to – that was even before coaching change. I just kind of figured that number was going to be going up towards the touchdown, and it certainly did. Do you think that the Colts are going to get the proverbial dead cat bounce here with Saturday under the, <laughs> under the helm? Or I have a feeling that this could go completely the opposite direction because now you got this guy coming out of ESPN who's supposed to be in charge. Do you think the other coaches are going to be like happy to, to work for this guy? Well, I've got so. some guy, he's a 30-year-old dude calling plays. He's never called plays in the NFL yeah. either. Now, the Raiders aren't a very good defensive team, so um, let's start mm-hmm. there. But I don't know, man. I, I The question really is is more the other side of it. Do the Raiders, are they tanking? Or what are they doing? You know, they put these guys on IRR. Are they giving up on the season? I heard um, McDaniels is kind of like firing a bunch of guys. He's, you know, clearing house, you know, cutting players. So has he lost his locker room, right? That's the real question. Because I do think the Colts will play a little bit better than they did certainly last week because they're playing for their job sort of now. But mm-hmm. the Raiders, I don't know, man. Maybe they haven't hit their bottom yet. Um, I just think it's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a plutonium charge. We just got to stay as far away from this game as possible. I think so, too. Proxy. Yeah. It's super interesting because it's like uh, – terrible offense versus terrible mm-hmm. defense and then on the other side the colts have a pretty good defense okay. and against a pretty good raiders okay. offense so it's really interesting but i agree i think it's a pass yeah, yeah. okay in the four o'clock we bet the cowboys going to the packers uh cowboys coming off the bye Dak should be 100 percent healthy now they open as a four point favorite on the road at the packers 43 point total it's up to four and a half in the contest with the same total for three Oh, man, every week it's the same stupid thing, man. 
I think Green Bay is going to do it, right? This is a bad spot for the for the Cowboys. They're going into Lambeau. You know, Packers always used to cover there. At some point, they're not going to keep losing games. They've lost, what, five in a row now, the Packers. But mm-hmm. Green Bay, I mean, D- Dallas is the better team. I mean, there's a better football team, and they're going to be full rest. I don't know if they're going to get Zeke back, but I don't think they need it with Pollard. And their defense, Green Bay defense, can't stop the run, so... It seems like it's a Dallas or pass here, but talk me out. Talk me to the Green Bay Packers. No, no, I want no part of the Packers right now. I I love the Cowboys in this game. I think uh, despite Zeke's potential absence, Tony Pollard is probably an upgrade at that position, mm-hmm. and their ability to run the ball combined with the Packers' really porous run defense, I think, is a recipe for disaster. And I think that the Packers are going to give up gobs and gobs of yards to that Cowboys run game, and they're going to be able to control the clock and and take this crown or this cover home pretty easily. Okay, let's do it. Let's just okay. you know follow the index, man. Good pick. <laughs> index likes the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean it's they're All better. Right. I let's just see what the index says in terms. Of, it's 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 about right. The line I I think I've got them at a five point favorite at you know Limbaugh, so right there, but okay. All right. It's a little solid. It's not like it's value in it, Green Bay. Okay, yeah. here we go. Cardinals to the Rams. Uh, Rams open as a three-point favorite, 43-point total. It's one-and-a-half in the contest for the Rams. I guess this is with Stafford being out with a 41-and-a-half-point total. Let me ask you this, as I should know this. Who's the backup for the Rams? Oh, that is a good question. I um... Is it, it's not Sean, Sean Mannion now. Who, who the hell they got? Blake Worlds retired, didn't he? <laughs> Here we go. I want to say, like, Straveler. It's, it's a, a live radio show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I can find it in a second. Depth chart. Here we go. And the verdict is... Uh, John Wolford. Oh, that's right. He started last year, didn't he? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wolford with Bryce Perkins in, in behind that. Um, okay, I'm going to start by saying this. It's happened many weeks. Arizona is always a sweetheart for the damn index. I don't know why. They are better than the Rams in the index. So getting points means you should pick them. But how many times has this team covered for us? Zero? (laughs) We have picked them at least four times this year, and they have not. I don't think they've covered a single one for us. So that's, you know, you shouldn't make that fallacy. Like, go to the next week, right? But what do you think here? I don't know. The Rams have Cliff Kingsbury's number. McVeigh has Kingsbury's number too. I mean, I'm just looking at the head-to-head game log. The last three seasons, I think the Cardinals covered once out of the last eight games. And so uh, there's clearly some sort of matchup advantage that they have. But, I mean, this is a different Rams team this year. They are clearly not the same offensively and have been unable to protect Stafford. And I don't think that uh, Wolfer is going to be any more mobile or the offensive line is going to play any better with him under center. So, so it, maybe there is value. There in the is cards. value in the cards. There's value in the under. Sounding what, you, what you're saying. The Can the Rams, I, you have the metrics. How is the Rams pass rush? Because that's the key. Can you keep, you know, the bottom line is, if you keep Murray in the pocket, he's garbage, right? He doesn't even make plays from mm-hmm. the pocket. Yeah. He's got to make plays out of the pocket. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, assuming, you know, Donald's healthy and all that stuff, how are they doing? I mean, I don't know. They haven't played great. They didn't really get after Tom Brady last week. I mean, it was a good game. It was a low-scoring game. But, I mean, that's what I saw last week. Seattle just bedeviled the Cardinals. Actually, both matchups. True, yeah. Yeah, they they kept Murray in check. You know, they didn't let him get out and scramble. The uh, 20th ranked Rams sack right. defense. Right. So, and the Cardinals offensive line is middle middle of the pack to 17th in protection. Right. Well, I mean, we, we, we don't have a lot of picks this week, actually. We're running out of games. No. So, I mean, I guess we have to at least consider Arizona in this one, right? Yeah, I agree. Put a little yellow or a very light, light red or something on them. <laughs> Puke brown. <laughs> right, like the Browns brown. Okay, so two more games. The Sunday night game, we got the Chargers against the 49ers. 
49ers opened as a seven-point favorite, 47-point total. Still at seven in the contest as the favorite at home, 45.5-point total. You know I love the 49ers. They're getting healthy, blah, blah, blah. It's too many points, dude. It's too many points. I This game should be like five, you know, four and a half, five. What, what's going on? It, I mean, all the Chargers are banged up, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think it's just the injuries are, are mounting everywhere. I mean, they missed Keenan Allen last mm-hmm. week, and uh, their receiving co- Mike Williams was out, like we talked about, and they just haven't really been scoring much. I mean, their the scoring is down, and uh, defensively, I don't think they're playing as well as they're capable of either. So I, that's the reason for this additional inflation, right. I would say, because I like you make it four and a half on a neutral, and now we're talking a full yep. touchdown. So, um, you know, middle of the road total, I would like it more with a lower total, to be honest, but 45 and a half is kind of average, I'd say, probably high for this year. And uh, it's tough for me. I don't know that I want to take seven with the Chargers. I don't. It's a bad number. I, you know, you'd think they would go seven and a half or six and a half, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Open the door for another push. You know, I don't want one of those. Had three that three of those this year actually. Um, yeah, I'm happy to stay away. I. It's interesting. I mean, the 49ers have to win. I mean, what's going to happen to this game is let's say Seattle goes to Germany and wins, and they see this and they'll be seven and three. I mean, that's the only thing. Seattle, exceeding expectations, right? Six and three, already shattered their win total. 49ers keep winning. Um, so I see the motivation angle, but uh, yeah, it's tough. Seven's a big number. Yeah, definitely. How about Monday night? Uh, we got the Commanders against the Eagles. Uh, Eagles are 11, open as 11-point favorites at home, 44.5-point total to start, and now it's 44. So another low-scoring game, high-spread game. Eagles have been dominant this year. What are the, what are, do you have the numbers? How, are they covered? They have been covered every game, but uh, what are they like? So what are they, 8-0? Be like 6-2 and two or 5-3? and three? I feel like uh, last week's loss was the oh, really? first uh, ATS. They are, you're right, five yeah, and three. I think they didn't cover against yeah. the Lions in week one and all the stuff. That's I mean, right. I yep. remember that. Arizona. On right, the road that's right. Arizona it was well. a tight game. So this is, you know, divisional road dog, 11 points. I mean, oh, I'm more concerned. I guess, what's the uh, commander's run defense? Um, commanders defensively 15th ranked against, oh no, sorry, number two against the run. Yeah, I can only look to the commanders here. I know it sounds crazy to go against the Eagles, but I, even though the Eagles are really great in the index, they're number one in the index, by the way, they surpassed the Bills finally, but the commanders are playing pretty good defense. They shut down a pretty good offense in Minnesota last week, and you've got to figure they're going to, Get some run fits this one and, and slow them down. I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but 11 points is a lot of points. Mm-hmm. My only concern on that side is the potential for the Eagles pass rush mm. to just be in Heineke's face sure. all night. Remember in the first matchup versus these two teams, Carson Wentz could barely get a pass off because he was having under so much right. pressure. Do you feel like that Heineke is more well-equipped to get the ball out sooner and may not necessarily take the sacks that Wentz does? I think he's also more mobile. I think Wentz is, you know, he, younger. when he was younger, he was a lot more mobile, and he also could take hits. I think Heineke is just slippery. He's a little bit undersized, and he's kind of quick. So I think he just kind of gets gets away from pass rushers quite a bit. He does make gunslinger plays, which he could. he's subject to pick sixes. I mean, the pick last week. Yeah. If you think about it, it was a huge pick for them. I mean, if they don't throw the pick, they probably win that game, you know, they're whatever, five and three or whatever they are, you know, instead of four and four. I mean, they're still in the mix for the playoffs, but that was a big mistake, uh, especially with an NFC opponent. You know, I'm happy to stay away, too. You know, I'm just saying I don't know if I could get on board with the Eagles at, with the 11. I, I don't think I could. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's clear that a point spread tax has finally caught up to the Eagles, and I think we're at the point in the season where the number is getting to a level that there's value in the opponents. So I'm with you. I I think that we should consider Washington at the inflated price of 11. Yeah, the commanders. I mean, you putting together some investors still? Is he, 
Argentina <laughs> no, contacted no. you yet? Not yet. Still waiting on that. Man, I really thought this week, you know, either Jeff Saturday or RG3 would call you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, review our picks from this week that we, we've discussed and, you know, we like anyway. You know, we're trying to figure out Seattle in Munich plus three against Tampa. We'll see if that's just, a, you know, if it's rigged. Like, I know I heard Action say it's rigged. He said the NFL is rigged. That's what I um, I said about bias. <laughs> The Bills uh, laying three and a half at home, even with Keenum at quarterback, because it's a little too much of a tax with Josh Allen out against the Vikings. Uh, the Steelers getting one and a half at home with TJ Walkback against the Saints. The Giants uh, laying four and a half at home against the Texans. Dallas laying four and a half on the road against Green Bay. We're considering Arizona uh, getting one and a half against the Rams. And then lastly, the commander's getting 11 uh, on the road at the Eagles. So we got a good cross-section there. Yeah, yeah, I think we can find five out of those. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll narrow it down. We won't be distracted at the bar and, you know, coming off victories for the just, – just, 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 just volleyball victories now, action. Yeah, there you go. Indoor, indoor sand. Well, let's review the Circle Million. We had uh, we went one, two, and two last week. That's a really weird record, action. We've never done that before. <laughs> um, no. You know, for those scoring at home, that's basically like two and three, effectively. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it, it gets us to 22, 20, and three, a really interesting record. Uh, overall, that's like 52%. Not terrible or top 2,000, not fantastic, but we're still, we can still be in the mix. We're only like five, six back of the, the money. The money is at 65.6% at 29, 15, and one. And the top guy actually had a pretty bad week. He was one three and one actually, actually. So, thirty-three wow. eleven and one on the season, at seventy-four percent. He was at eighty percent last week. So, it's not like we we're gonna overtake him tomorrow. But you can see that everybody struggled last week is kind of the the moral of the story here. So we're entering our third quarter. It's a four-week quarter. Let's do this action. Big quarter. I think that uh, we need to make a run right here this week. Get us back on track. That's right. I will say, and we haven't talked about this much this season, we've been, like, first quarter, I thought we did great. Second quarter, eh. <laughs> so the guy who won the, the crap quarter, whatever they call it, the, you know, the the, the bottom guy, you know, he started out of the uh, box at, like, 0-15 or something in the first three weeks. Wow. <laughs> but That's if crazy. we we probably won't have that bad of a quarter. But if we start off bad, we should go for the, go for the bottom. <laughs> nah. No, okay, okay. Uh, all right, man. Well, what are you doing this weekend? Anything fun? Um, no, not really. Taking the boat up to storage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only thing on my agenda. That's sad. That's sad. sad <laughs> I know, it's right? Storage. It sure is. Where do you store it again? Uh, just a county fairground okay. in a barn. You kind of just, just next county up. Wrap it up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It keeps it out of the elements. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm gonna see. You know. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, of course, you know, that's coming out. I'm going to nice. check it out tomorrow. Got the day off. Going to start my indoor volleyball stand stuff and then uh, probably go out on Saturday, but try to take a little easier action. Try to pump the brakes on all that craziness. Smart man. Yeah, now's the time where you uh, kind of hibernate. You know, it is cuffing season yeah. if you're into that kind of thing. When you don't have a cuff, it's it's just you and, the, it's you and Netflix and chill by yourself. <laughs> hey, I should say, so we, we should mention this. We talk about the World Cup. Should we do something on the World Cup next week? Yeah, we should. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, it starts on the 20th, so it's our only time. we got to work in some World Cup Let next week. Let me see if sure. we reach out to Night Ranger. I'm not sure if he's available. Sure. He does weird hours sometimes, but good to get a guest on and get get a couple extra people. Eyeballs on yeah. here. But uh, well, anyway, we'll follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and at Side Action Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right. Good luck, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.
Side Action Podcast, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made, as the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.